idea, Circle Maker, is based on a story, and if you've been with us through this series, then you know this story, but for those of you who may be joining us for the first time in a few weeks, um, the story goes like this, that in the first, first century B.C., in the nation of Israel, there was uh, a famine, a drought, and the legend goes that this man, Honi, went outside, and he prayed, and he got down on his knees, and he drew a circle in the sand, and he got in that circle, and his prayer was, God, I need you to send rain, and I am not moving from this circle until this prayer is answered. It was a great example of persistent, bold, big prayer. And he prayed, and it began to rain, and he prayed more, and it began to rain more. And so the legend of Honi, the circle maker, was born, where this man took a big step, a drastic step of commitment in prayer. He drew a circle, and he got in the circle, and he said, God, I need you to move. I need you to answer this prayer, and I am not moving until that prayer is answered. So that is the story of Honey the Circle Maker. In the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about different things with prayer, about praying big, bold prayers, being persistent in our prayers, the difference between praying, just praying for something, you know, this day and age, social media, somebody will put something on there and we'll just do the prayer hands emoji or something like that, right, to show that we're praying for them. There's, you know, okay, I'll pray for you, and I say that all the, we'll say that all the time, and and then, but then there's times where we are like, no, I am going to pray through this. I am going to pray with passion. I'm going to pray with commitment, with faith. So as we're starting this message today, I wanted to just ask you about prayer in your life, in your family, in your house. What does, now this would, you know, this is not a test. It's okay. But I just want you to start thinking about what does prayer look like in your life, in your family? Uh, you probably have, maybe you have prayer for dinner. Um, yeah, how do you usually pray? What does it look like? Maybe mealtime. Maybe you're out running through, you know, drive through Taco Bell, and it's like, Lord, bless the food as you're pulling away. And, and I imagine often when I pray, and I've been thinking about it this week as I've been studying God, Almighty God, Creator of the universe, what does He, you know, what does He think when He listens to some of our prayers? You know, bless this food, and He's probably like, you know, that's a, you're about to down two double stuffed burritos from Taco Bell. I'll do my best to bless it to the nourishment of your bodies, but there's only so much I can do as as Almighty God. Um, you know, we always pray. It's it's easy to kind of go into the default kind of by memory prayers, just things that we say, maybe we, we heard in our house growing up, dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for this day. Maybe you say, thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this day. And I imagine after a while, God's probably like, I get it. You're thankful for the day. I get it. Let's, let's pray for something big. And I'm not making fun of any prayers at all. By all means, keep thanking him for the day. But maybe you pray, be with us today. And God might be thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I am already with you. I'm almighty God, omnipresent. I'm everywhere. I'm already with you. Let's pray for something bigger. I imagine he's saying, let's pray for something big. Let's pray for something that causes me to use a little bit of my power in your life. Maybe God is saying that. You can thank me for the day, but I've already kind of set the planets in motion. The day is going to come, and tomorrow there's going to be another day. I'm glad you're thankful, but how about praying for something that causes me to use just a little bit of my power in your life? I think about God saying those things. Pray for something big. Ask me for something big. There have been seasons, there have been times where I catch myself praying, and I'm like, I'm not, I don't even know what I'm praying right now. I'm saying a lot of words that I heard in church growing up, and it kind of is by memory or kind of by habit. And those things are not bad. By all means, keep praying those things. If it's a, now I lay me down to sleep with your kids at night, pray those things. There's no bad prayers. But there have been times in my life, and maybe you can relate, where there was 
circumstances that caused my prayers to be a little bit more passionate, <laughs> a little bit more bold, a little bit more get out of the routine of prayer, and there is something going on in my life now, God, that I, I'm going to be like Honey. I'm getting in this circle, and I am praying for big things. We had a season where our son Charlie was born early. He was born 12 weeks premature. He was spent 10 weeks in the hospital down at Children's Hospital in Minneapolis, and one week in, he was not doing well. His lungs were not functioning well. And the doctors had told us, there is nothing more we can do. His lung tissue is all clumped together, and he can't breathe. He can't get any air in. And there's nothing we can do. Well, those days, I'll tell you what, our prayers were not wrote by memory, just kind of half-hearted. Our prayers were, God, we need you to do something. We need you. There is nothing else we can do. Maybe you have been there. Maybe you're in a season like that now. And the only place you can turn, even the doctors in that situation at Children's Hospital 15 years ago were saying, there's nothing more that we can do. And we turned to God and we said, God, it's all you right now. There's nowhere else we can go. It's not like we can take him to a better hospital. This is about as good as it gets. Maybe you're facing something and you go through those seasons. We went through a season where we were jobless by our own choosing, a step of faith. Tell you what, that first couple of months, my prayers were urgent, <laughs> kind of fervent, passionate prayers like, Lord, we need you. We need you. We need you to do something because there we are. you are all we got right now. So maybe you're in a season right now and there's times where just due to circumstances in your life, maybe your prayers are a little bit more passionate a little bit more emotional, a little bit more powerful, filled with faith, like, God, you got to do it. We need you. We're going to look in a story in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 18. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. The words will be up on the screen. Um, and also, there's some black hardcover Bibles, maybe on some of the pews there, if you wanted to grab one of those. Luke chapter 18 in the New Testament, we're going to read a story that Jesus told his disciples to teach them how to pray. So we can throw those words up there. This is Luke chapter 18. We're going to read verse 1 through 8. It says this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable. Jesus often taught in parables or stories. Told them a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. I underlined that because it's handy. Sometimes Jesus told parables and stories where people would say, I'm not sure what that meant. Or we would read it and we say, why did he tell that story? Jesus starts out, Telling the disciples, I'm going to tell you a story, and here's why I'm telling you the story, so that you should know that you should always pray and not give up. So it's like he gave us the lesson right there. That's the sermon today, but we're going to keep reading. Pray and not give up. In verse 2, he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he, the judge, refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, that's a great judge right there, doesn't fear God or cares about people really, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. I love that. <laughs> he gets what's going. Husbands, you've been there. I better smarten up or something's about to go down. And the Lord, in verse 6, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen, one, chosen ones who carry out to him day and night? 
Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This story Jesus is telling of a situation that would have been very relatable to everybody listening. In this day and age, I've described this. Israel was part of the Roman Empire. If you were not a Roman citizen or you did not have means, you did not have money or influential friends or some sort of connection, if you were just an everyday, run-of-the-mill Jewish person in this part of the world, in this day and age, you had zero hope of getting a judge who would treat you fairly. It's just the way it worked. It's just the way it worked. If you wanted a fair trial or even a trial at all, you better be able to pay off the judge or have some influential friends. So Jesus is telling the story of this judge who is hearing the plea of this widow, a widow who would not have had any influential friends, who would not have had any means to pay off a judge, but who keeps persistently going back every day, every day, every day to this judge asking him to grant her justice. We don't know what the situation was. Jesus doesn't tell us that in this story. But he talks about this widow in this culture persistently going after this judge, not taking no for an answer. She is persistent. And I love, I love the judge. I got to do something whether she's going to come and attack me soon. That's a great line. It's, it's almost like, um, you know, you, you know the term mama bear? You're familiar with the term mama bear? You know, in nature, it's if you're walking down a path and you see bear cubs, you better run because mama bear is close by. And if she sees you messing with her kids, she's going to tear you up, right? Well, that applies to mothers, human mothers in this day and age, right? Have you been there when someone goes mama bear? My wife, Christy, is a lovely, generous, sweet, and kind, warm-hearted woman. But if you mess with one of her kids, it is, it's over. I have been there. There's been a few times where I have literally and figuratively, more literally, holding her back as she is about to tear into someone who is messing with her kids. Have you, moms, can you relate? If you see somebody messing with your kids, you're going to go mama bear on them, and you're going you're gonna to let them have it. You're going to let them have it. I remember one story. One of our kids was several years ago having a difficult time in school, and there was, you know, we weren't getting the response we were hoping for from this particular teacher, and Christy went mama bear and let some things be known. And it was like, wow, she's, she is going for it, and she got stuff accomplished. I think there is definitely good things to have in moments of mama bear, and this widow in this situation is definitely doing that. Like, no, I am not taking no for an answer. I am not taking no for an answer. There are times when we need to be a little bit more like that in our prayers. This is what Jesus is telling us. This is what Jesus is telling us. Because what happens, what we see, is that this widow had a fire lit in her. She was not taking no for an answer. She had heard no from this judge probably several times. We don't know how many, maybe day after day, maybe months, maybe years, she has been going to this judge, but she kept coming back, and the judge finally said, okay, I give in. You can have justice. I will rule in your favor. Almost like Honey, the circle maker in that moment, I am not leaving this circle until I get an answer. We will face situations that seem like a loss, seem hopeless, seem like there's nothing we can do, and we always have those situations where we're like, I can't fix this. And in those desperate situations, and I want you to hear this, your desperate situations are often, so often, fertile soil for bold, persistent prayers. I'm going to say that again. That was good. That could be like an amen or something. Even like a Minnesotan just, mmm. (laughs) 
Hmm. Um, Desperate situations are often fertile soil for bold, persistent prayers. Hmm. That's good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Those are the times we need to step up and pray persistently to approach God in prayer with persistence and an attitude of, I need help, and I am not leaving until I get help. This is how Jesus lets us know that he wants us to pray. This is Jesus telling us, this is how you should pray. And this is not so that we can say, well, God must be like that judge who doesn't care about people, right? What Jesus says is, if this judge who didn't fear God and who didn't really care about people can be won over, how much more, this is what Jesus is saying, how much more will heavenly Father God, who loves his children, who loves demonstrating his power in their life, how much more will this God grant justice for those who pray? How much more? Jesus is saying, if this unrighteous judge will do it, how much more will God do it? Let's be persistent in our prayers. This is what the lesson is today. Pray. Don't give up praying. Don't give up praying. Be persistent. Be bold. Pray like we mean it. Your desperate situation is the ground necessary for you to pray persistently. Um, I've noticed a tendency in my prayer life that I don't do this enough. And I jokingly refer to it, and I'm going to explain to it this way, that I am a Canadian. Okay, I'm a Canadian. Any other Canadians here? I might be the only one. Um, we were Minnesotans, so we're kind of almost like Canadians as, as compared to other states. But I'm a Canadian. Now, Canadians, and I'll describe it this way not to overly generalize, Canadians are fairly passive. We adapt. Canadians are great adapters. We go with the flow. We're not pushovers, but we'll, we'll adapt. We'll adapt. We'll take what you give us. We're certainly not demanding. We don't feel a strong need to always establish our voice and tell everybody how awesome we are, which uniquely makes us well-suited to be neighbors to the United States of America, I found. Great. You guys be awesome. That's great. We'll be fine being Canadians. So I want to I illustrate it this way. Imagine a Canadian family going on a road trip on a family vacation, and they show up to a hotel. When they check in in the lobby, the hotel says, I don't know what happened, but your reservation is not here. We don't have a room for you. Canadians will typically start out by apologizing because we apologize for everything. Oh, sorry to, sorry to hear that. Um, wow, um, well, is there anything we can do? This is, oh, this will be tough. But you know what, just give us anything. Even if there's like a, a janitor's closet, you could throw a cot in there. We'll be fine. We'll be fine with whatever you give me. All right, just now imagine American family showing up to the same hotel, same situation. What happens when, now forgive me, I'm overgeneralizing here, but maybe I'm not that much. No, an American family shows up and they say, we're sorry, family, we don't know what happened to your reservation, but we don't have a room for you. What happens then? It's, well, this, this is an outrage, right? <laughs> this is not acceptable. I demand justice. I, we are not, kids, sit down in this lobby. We are not moving until you give us a room. Not only the room that we reserved, because we made a reservation, and that room is ours, but now we want a better room, right? I want an upgrade, and I want it cheaper, and I want complimentary breakfast, because you have now ruined my family vacation. And here we go. So, again, this is more for humor's sake, but that is the difference between Canadians and Americans, if I could put it in a nutshell, okay? The two countries, that's the difference right there. Plus, Canadians love ketchup-flavored potato chips. There's that. So there's two differences. Those are it. And our system of government isn't grinding to a halt these days, you know. (laughs) Sorry, joke. 
But here's the point I say for offending both Canadians and Americans with that last analogy. I have found that too often in my life I pray like a Canadian, okay? I've found that I pray like a Canadian. Kind of submissive, kind of God, whatever you want to give me is fine. I'm praying for this. It's okay if you don't answer. I'll be happy. We say a lot of, thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done. If you don't answer, I'm still going to praise you and worship you. There's a lot of that. Now, those prayers are not bad prayers. We need to have moments where we pray like that. God, whatever you want for my life, I will worship and praise you no matter what. Thy will be done. We need to have some thy will be done prayers. There's going to be times where we go through really tough stuff, and when we can pray, God, thy will be done, I'm going to praise you no matter what. Those are powerful, powerful prayers. But I am learning there needs to be times where I am a little bit more persistent in my prayer. Now, not demanding, not spoiled little kid. God, I prayed for a new yacht, and I didn't get it, so now I'm going to not believe in you anymore and be all mad at you. Not saying that, but with some persistence of, no, God, your word says this, and I am believing for this, and I am praying with persistence and passion and boldness because your word promises this for your people, and I'm praying for this. I know that you have this promise for my life, and I'm going to pray like it is mine. I'm going to pray that way. We need to pray more persistently times. I'm not leaving this circle until you answer this prayer. There was a, a, a Sunday morning several years ago, and I thought of this as I was studying. A lot of Sunday mornings, especially this morning, this morning was just crazy. We got a bit of a late start. So it was crazy running around, getting every The poor band today, we basically had about five minutes, and I just said, sorry, that's all the time we got. We got to start service five minutes ago, so we better stop practicing. It was one of those mornings. But... A few months ago, several months ago, there's a little room there, and in between kind of the setup time and, and service, if there's a few minutes, sometimes I'll go in there and just pray or just kind of gather my thoughts. And I was praying, and I was being very Canadian in my prayers, okay? And this was probably eight to ten months ago. Um, we were going through some stuff as a family. It was just kind of a down, I would say it was kind of a down season. I just was praying very passively. Well, Lord, you know, thanks for this day. <laughs> you know, thank you for this day. Um, just pray that you would, you know, bless the service today. And, and, I, and I, in that moment, I was, I was, what I was wanting was we had been inviting a bunch of people. And the ch not, we hadn't seen a lot of new people come to the church in a while. And I was kind of praying that we would see some new families coming. I was just like, well, and, you know, we, we'd love to see the church grow. And I was kind of just hemming and hawing and shuffling my feet. And I really felt like God in that moment just said, what do you want? Like, what are you asking? And I finally got a little bold and I said, I want new families to come to our church. I want, some new pe I want some of these invitations that have been going out to bear fruit and for some new people to come to church. And it was kind of like that moment of, whoa, I didn't know. I, wow. So I almost like, again, sorry, God, for even being so bold. But no, I was like, no, I'm, I want people to come to this church. So I prayed, and then I came out here. And no joke, I walked out of that room, and I looked, and I saw three new families just kind of all mingling around. And it was kind of just one of those funny moments of, Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess you are God. And, they, you know, I didn't get too far into the theology of, were they here two minutes ago? And did you, like, it, like, they're in their pajamas, like, wondering, how did we get to church? Like, God, like, zapped them, 
zapped them into place. Like, where am I? There wasn't any of that. So I didn't dive too far into that. But what I took was there's moments where we just need to stop shuffling our feet around and just being timid in our prayers and being like, well, I guess if you want. Um, we're almost, we, there's moments where we need to stop being like a junior high or high school boy trying to ask out a girl he likes. Have you ever been there, guys? I was there in junior high and high school. I was very nervous. Of, well, I, I was wondering... Um, if you would like to, and you probably don't want to, and if you don't want to, would you like to go to a movie or something? You know, some of, there are times we need to stop being like the high school boy asking out a girl and start being a little bit more bold. You know, stop being the, have you ever been there? Man, I remember asking out my first, what I would call girlfriend, although I think I was not even bold enough to timidly ask her out. I think I did even worse of, I sent, well, what would you do if you weren't even bold enough? Today, you probably just, I don't know, boys, what you do, do you send a text message? Well, I didn't have a cell phone when I was your age. So they didn't exist yet. We were in the olden days. And so what I would do is, what would we do if we didn't have the guts to ask a girl out? We'd send a friend, right? So I had a friend, and I said, would you go ask her out for me? And so my friend went and asked this girl out. I don't even know what that meant. But then I guess she was my girlfriend for a couple of weeks, and then I didn't have the guts to break up with her. So I think that same friend went and told her that we were no longer boyfriend or girlfriend. It was the worst, okay? So let's not pray. Actually, that actually applies, okay? So not only do we not need to be junior high boys kind of shuffling our feet timid, but we also don't need to think in terms of prayer that we need somebody else to do it for us, okay? Wow, this is awesome. This just kind of happened. Um, there's some people who think, ah, oh, I would love to have somebody pray. I need the pastor to pray. I need someone at church to pray. No, you pray. You pray. There is not, I don't have, I'm the pastor of the church. I don't have like the secret login for prayer, right? I don't have, there's no like the secret sauce for my prayers. You do not need a pastor. I mean, get people to pray for you. That's great. But you need to pray. And when you do, don't be timid with God. Say, God, I am praying for this. I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to be bold. I'm not going to be Canadian. <laughs> I'm not going to be nervous teenage boy. I'm going to be bold in my prayers. Let's pray persistently. we got a few minutes left, and I just wanted to give you some practical thoughts. There's five of them, and we're going to go through them just real quick. Just practical things for you to apply to your prayer life. And one of them, we just talked about this. First one is this. Can you put it up there? Number one, you pray. You do it. I just mentioned it. You pray. You pray. Get other people to pray with you. That's great. But I want you to pray. Pray for whatever is going on in your life. And that actually leads to... The, first, the second one, pray what is pressing. Pray what is pressing. What are you fearful of? What are you worried about? When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that hits your mind? Like, oh, there's this weight. There's going on in our family, with my parents, with my kids, in our marriage, in my workplace, at school. Just that thing. What is pressing? Bring that to God. God is the loving Father, how much as an earthly father do I love it when my kids bring me into their world? When I ask, what's going on at school today? How was school today? When I get more than just, it's fine. When I get more than that, I love that as a father. How much more, Heavenly Father, who loves you, He wants to be let in to these things. What is pressing in your life? What is important to you? What are you worried about or thinking about? I think of Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, pray about it. What if every time you were going to worry about something, instead you said, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray. Every time I feel worry, I'm just going to take a minute and pray. God, I give this situation to you, and I'm asking that you would move in this way. What if we did that? Pray what is pressing. The third one, 
pray big. Pray big. We talked about this last week, the story of the Israelites, no food, and God sends quail, the birds, for the food for them to eat. Millions and millions of them. And that was definitely a moment where there was like, well, maybe, there was no like natural explanation. Well, maybe the birds, you know, it was definitely a God moment. Pray big things. Pray big things that when they are answered, you can say only God could do that. Only God could do that. Pray big things outside of yourself. Don't just pray for yourself. I mean, you can, but pray for big things outside of yourself. Engage in prayer with your kids. What is pressing in their life? Pray big things for their life. You know what? We have a lot of people nervous about this nation lately. And we have a lot of people posting about it on social media. Um, and if you're doing that, that's fine. I might unfollow you, but that's fine. Um, but what if instead, I think it would do, if every Christian, if every Christ follower for a month, maybe longer, instead of posting stuff on social media, simply just said, instead of that, I'm going to pray for my nation. I'm going to pray for our country and its leaders. I'm going to pray that God would move. What if we started praying for big things like the gospel going forth around the people in Farmington and Minnesota and around the country and around the world. Needs in our city, needs in our families, needs in our neighborhood. Let's pray big. Let's pray big things, only God things. Number four is this. Pray the promises of Scripture. Pray the promises of Scripture. You know there are thousands of promises in Scripture for God's people. Now this, well, I've talked a number of times about how important it is to read your Bible, to take some time, get into God's Word. But I would love it. This would change. I mean, maybe you struggle doing that. Maybe you're like, I don't really know what I'm looking for. What you could do, and this could change both your Bible reading life and your prayer life. When you are reading through something and you see something that God says to his people, like, I'll do this. I will be this. I will be faithful in this. You can underline that and say, this is a promise in Scripture, and then even just stop right there and say, God, here is what you said in this, in your word here. Here is what you said you would do for your people. I'm going to pray that promise for me. I'm going to pray that for my family. I'm going to pray that for my community. I'm praying this promise. Mark Batterson, in his book, The Circle Maker, he talks about that, how he used to underline the promises. Now, since he wrote that book, now he circles them. He said, I just circle them now. I circle these, and I'm like, I'm drawing a circle around this promise in Scripture for my life. When you see something, pray it. See something that you're reading, pray it. There's a scripture that I pray often in the book of Colossians, and I wanted to read that for you. It's Colossians 2, 6, and 7. It says this, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. When I'm praying for my kids at night, I often will quote parts of that verse where I'll be praying for my kids and I'll say, God, I want their faith. Let their faith be rooted and strengthened in you. Let their lives be built up on a solid foundation of faith. Man, we need to be praying that for our kids. May they be built, their whole lives built on a foundation of faith, strengthened and overflowing with thankfulness. I pray those words over my kids. And I pray it out loud because it doesn't have to be allowed for God to hear it. I want my kids to hear those words being prayed over them. I want my kids to hear those promises of Scripture prayed over them. I want the Word of God to come alive in their life. Let's be praying these things for ourselves, for our marriages, for our families. When you, for, you know, for example, 
Um, Philippians 4.9 says this, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Circle that. God, you say you will provide for every need. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I am circling that. And it doesn't mean name it, claim it, new mansion on a lake, Lake Minnetonka. No, it doesn't mean like name it, claim it, prosperity stuff. But God, you provide for my needs. You provide for my needs. And I am circling that and I'm praying boldly because this is not something that God can't do or won't do or doesn't want to do. He wants to do this for his kids. Pray that promise in Scripture. Doing that, praying Scripture, will help you increase your boldness, your persistence. You will not be timid in this. You'll be simply saying, God, your word says it, and I am receiving that as a promise for my life and for my family. As we sang this morning, all of your promises are yes and amen. Yes, I receive it. Amen. So be it. I receive those promises. And the fifth one is this, the last one. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up praying. Jesus told us that story in Luke 18 to remind us, don't give up. Don't give up. You may have been praying. You may be praying for someone, maybe a loved one that is wandering far from the Lord or someone who is sick or a tragedy that your family has faced or a marriage that's falling apart or any number of things. And I could list, I mean, I could go through a list. You know what it is in your life. And you might be sitting here thinking, I have prayed and I have not heard anything, and I've been there. But what Jesus is reminding us today is keep praying. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. This widow could have stopped approaching this judge, and that's what Jesus is saying to us. Week one, Christy spoke about the Israelites marching around the city of Jericho, and God told them to do it seven times. What if after the fourth time they said, this is dumb, We're, we look dumb, we're not doing this anymore, they would have forfeited out on the miracle. Keep praying, keep praying. I don't understand the mysteries of how God answers prayer, how we can pray for someone for healing and those people don't get well. I don't understand it, but I know this, he is the God who can work miracles. He asks us to pray. He asks us to pray, and it's not a timid, well, I guess, God, you know, it's a bold, God, you are God Almighty. You are our healer and our provider. You are our shield, praying these promises in Scripture. Our God is a shield about us. He's our glory and the lifter of our heads. Our God provides healing for us. Our God will provide his needs. He is faithful. He is eternal. Praying these things. Don't give up praying. Don't give up praying. Whatever the need is, don't give up praying. Even if you're discouraged, may today just be a reminder, I'm going to keep praying for this. I'm going to keep praying for my kids, for my marriage, for my family, for my work, for whatever. I'm going to keep praying for this dream that God put on my heart years ago, and I still haven't seen it all come to pass yet, but I'm going to keep praying. I'm not going to give up. Let's not give up in prayer. Let's be persistent in our prayers. We are not praying to a judge who doesn't love people, doesn't fear God, who couldn't care less about what's going on in your life. We are praying to God, our Father, our good Father, who says in his scriptures that he loves to give good gifts to his children. He loves it when we bring him into our lives. He loves it when we ask him for big, bold things. So as we close this morning, I'd like to do this. Even just as it's quiet in here, I'm just wondering if we could just close our eyes and bow our heads just for a minute. And I would like to just provide a minute. Now, this might just be crazy 
for you. You might be thinking, I don't even go to church, and this is just weird. And if this is, you know, nobody's forcing you to, to do anything here, but I would love you just to be open to this. Just talk to God for a minute. Just talk to God for a minute. Just talk to God for a minute and just say, just bring him into the situation. What's pressing? What are you worried about? What things are you facing? Just talk to him. You can, you can do it out loud or just in your way, but just talk to him. Imagine you're standing in front of not just this cruel judge, but just standing in front of God the Father and just talk to him. You can ask him for big things. He loves to give his gifts, his good gifts to his kids. He loves to be involved in your life. Just take a minute and pray. And maybe it has been a long time since you've actually prayed, said anything to God. But just if you're open to it, just say, God, here is what's going on. Here's what I'm asking for. Here's what I'm believing for. Lord, let faith continue to rise in us. May our lives be rooted and strengthened in strong faith, strong faith that believes you, that we take you at your word. The big things that you promise in scripture, we apply those to our lives. Forgive us for times where not only are we too timid in our praying, Maybe we don't even bring things to you. Maybe we're so busy trying to handle things on our own, trying to be God in our own lives, that we totally shut you out. For all those things, God, forgive us for those. We invite you in. Big, powerful, mighty, loving, merciful God. Faithful God, we invite you in. And whatever situation you were praying for a minute ago, we invite you in, God, to that. Just bring him in. God, I give you this. I give you this. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do. I've tried to fix it. Maybe it's something you've prayed for. God, I've been praying for this for years, and I'm ready to give up, but I do not want to give up praying. Again, I pray for this need. And now, Lord, we thank you and praise you. We thank you and praise you that you are a good God. And, Lord, I just pray that you would begin to answer these prayers in ways that we could see, that our faith would be built up as over the next few weeks we see more and more times where we can say, wow, that was an answer to prayer. Wow, I prayed for that, and that was an answer to prayer. Lord, for Homestead Church collectively, we are praying for a big year. I pray for all those invitations that we give out to people to come to church. I pray that those would bear fruit. All the details of running a church, facilities and finances and staffing and programs and ministries. Lord, we're believing for big things. We're believing for big things this year. Lord, we're believing for a harvest of people, people that we know that are lost, students in the schools, people in our streets, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. Lord, we are excited for prayers that will be answered as we see people found, we see needs met. We see lives being restored, marriages being transformed, kids who are wandering far off coming back home. Lord, we, we look forward in faith. We look forward in faith. We believe it. Lord, thank you for all you are doing in us. Thank you just for your involvement in our lives.
that you are with us. Give us a great day today. Help us to be mindful of the needs of others. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to be followers of you in everything we do this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.